0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of The World This Week, a new and informative live podcast series on jukebox radio, focusing on current events and topics that really matter. I'm Leo and I'm joined by my special guest of the week, Mr. Ferguson. Welcome. So let's get started. So, in news this week, nurses urge to strike for the first time ever over pay. The Royal College of Nursing is balancing all its UK members for strike action for the first time in its 106-year history. That's 300,000 members walking out of the pay. What do you think?
1: Well, it's a lot of members, and it's going to cause a lot of disruption as well, that potentially. Yeah. They've specified that they're not going to walk out of emergency care, mm, yes. um, which I believe is a requirement for any strike action, is that you can't have essential workers striking. Similarly to the train strikes uh, earlier this year, and this is still ongoing, that the essential workers can't strike although in that instance i think because they could just shut down the network it's a slightly different story yeah but unfortunately nursing needs don't ever can't go away for the sake of a strike yes uh, yes yeah, so the essential yeah. the essential care will carry on happening uh, but yeah you're right 300,000 people is an awful lot of people uh, to be striking and I think they've been talking about, uh, I believe, quotes from the uh, from the union that's been organising this. Have been saying that the real terms pay for nurses has dropped. Uh, I want to say by one point five percent more than the average real terms uh, pay cut. I think in real terms, the average pay cut has been about 4.5%, but for nurses, it's been 6%.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Between 2011 and 2021. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's that's their justification for going on strike. Yeah. Um, I will put my geography hat on and say, as a proud Northerner and as a proud Sheffield lad... Uh I'm very familiar with strike action uh, yeah. it's it's heavily ingrained into our blood yes, um yeah. so <laughs> it's uh, i i I love a good bit of strike action. It doesn't matter who it's against or who it's for, really. I love a bit of strike action um but you know they clearly feel that they're justified in this matter, and they haven't accepted the proposals that have been put before them uh people will agree and disagree on whether they think those proposals are fair or whether they are unfair yeah um but ultimately the right to strike is enshrined in law and they've chosen to enact it so we'll have to see whether who blinks first really because yeah. that's that's the the crux of striking action is who who f- finds it essential to that they need to blink and turn away and concede
0: yeah, that, that's a that's a really good really good point to start off with. So yeah, so three percent pay rise during COVID for all the, the absolutely amazing work that they did, and um, so 4%, four percent four point seven five percent more in England and Wales, uh, pay rise with increase for uh, lowest earners, and then in Scotland five percent. Nothing yet in Northern
1: Ireland, um, which. Yeah, it could be. And of course, all of this yeah. is coming on the backdrop of the fact that the government have asked that uh, wages don't rise with inflation at the moment because inflation is so high right now. Yeah, you know, we're we're still talking yeah. about. Uh, I don't know if it is still at ten percent, but it was at ten percent uh, recently, and I I admit I haven't seen whether it still is. But all the same, you know that is the backdrop behind all of this strike action, not just the nurses' strikes. But also the train strikes and also yeah. the union strikes for rail yes, workers. Yeah. Um, so this is the big backdrop. You know, this cost of living crisis that we hear so much about through the media has created a lot of extra problems, and that is really the the dangerous aspect of of a cost of living crisis, of wages not keeping up with inflation, and of prices skyrocketing is that it causes a lot of other points of discontent and when all those points start flaring up it's like trying to put you know trying to put stress on a Jenga tower yeah no yeah you can just about sometimes get away with one point of pressure somewhere if there's a second force pushing somewhere else then it's chaos yeah chaos breaks out at that point so it's really really important you know for the government to stay on top of this, and as more areas start to strike, I think the pressure is going to build on them to try and manage all of these strikes and I think if any more areas start going on strike, there may well be concessions coming because that's now we've got the rail workers striking the nurses nurses, yeah, nurses. are possibly striking postal, depending on their postal workers, yeah, communication so. workers union um yeah. which is I believe includes b t as well yes yeah, um which is. A massive, massive issue because yeah. they are so, so crucial to the national broadband and phone services. You know, if yeah. they start being crippled, then they're really in trouble. That because with our modern world, they essentially power everything. Really, well, it is. Yeah, you yeah. know, the internet has become so so important. You know, and it, we've even increased our dependence on it through COVID.
0: Yeah, with all of our like uh, online learning zoom meetings like a hybrid workplace
1: yeah online shopping centers you exactly know, yeah th- this is now much more important than ever before i think speaking personally i think we're starting to reach a point where there's going to be quite a large change in how things work coming because a lot of how a lot of these strikes are having such a big impact because systems haven't been modernized yeah um Modernising systems, are, let's be clear, is a huge job. It's massive. Yeah, digital transformation. Yeah, it, it yeah. will take a very long time. You know, we're, I'm sure you've seen how long it's going to take for high-speed rail 2 to get completed. That's not going to be done yes. until yeah. 2045 yeah, from, or so. Something around then, yeah. Um, and they've had to cut loads of bits of it as well. Yeah, so that's reduced service that yeah. they're running until 2045. And that's to make one railway, not two railway lines. yeah. That but some know,
0: people are saying it won't affect that many people as it was originally going to in
1: effect. Yeah. So, uh, but that just gives you a flavour of how difficult it is to make any huge changes. You know, you hear stories about how government offices, uh, and I forget exactly when this story was from. I think it was from about two or three years ago. They were still running on Windows ninety seven because yes, yeah, like- upgrading their Windows version would cause so much chaos with their databases. Yeah, you now that kind of inbate sort of aging technology and aging practices makes it really difficult to modernize these things which creates the extra stress which exacerbates the issue when there are strikes like this so yeah. I think there's going to be a big change coming in possibly quite a few different areas. Yeah so like um, the uh, the
0: NHS all the different hospital trusts constantly competing to have the best uh, digital system loads of uh, loads of trusts of like really set forward like massive changes, but while they're carrying out those massive changes, all the older systems are slowly breaking and falling down, and this could also potentially be a reason why people are striking because
1: it's just not working. And of course, you know, I I, I like to look at the context of these things. The context of these things is that this comes at the at the end of well, possibly the end, or possibly the middle of an age of unprecedented austerity the government policy put in from the enormous 2008 financial crisis. Now, yeah. I, I was still a kid back then. I didn't appreciate how massive that was, but we've had 12 years of austerity then to try and regain control of public finances, and that mm. has meant a lot of cutting public services. This is particularly relevant in the nursing union strikes because the NHS has been so badly affected by it. Yeah. We, we hear lots of stories about how they have to keep cutting things and cutting things and cutting things so that they can stay within their budgets. And mm. the Chancellor at the moment is refusing to rule out there's more cuts coming um, Yeah, to fund the the rest of the budget that he's put forward. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that all of these things are compounding on top of each other. That is what causes this strike action every time. People have quite a... I, I like to think people have quite a good tolerance for being able to put up with things you know I, I think we are a pretty tolerant country to be honest yeah, in that sense yeah. um but these things do build up over time you know and a once in a generation financial crisis became a thrice in a generation financial crisis um with the recession I think there was recession at the end of the teens as they're called now I think uh the 2010s, 2010s yeah, yeah um and one we're potentially going into very soon.
0: Yeah, we're thin. um
1: yeah. depending on the Bank of England forecast. I think we might have just avoided that now um because of the u-turns to the budget, but all the same, mm. it is still a very real problem that could be facing the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's a really 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 good set of points you've collected there.
1: Well, yeah. I was saying to you all fair, I, I do stay fairly well abreast of the news you anyway. Do. Yeah. <laughs> you do.
0: BP in Australia and Bedfordshire. They're their solar panel branch, Light Source BP, it's ramping up its renewable energy push. It's the, one of two hundred and seventy solar farms. One one of about two hundred and seventy solar farms have been developed by Light Source BP in the UK. More renewable energy, slowly weaning off um, Europe. Uh, Europe and fracking and gas supplies there. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Well. So, and again, this actually, you know, this comes back to the budget again. The budget, I think, yeah, has been really, really important. But it also comes back to a party conference season um, because they've just finished the Labour conference and the Conservative conference uh, for the political parties, and. There's been a lot of talk in there about net zero and about green energy. Of course, this comes against the backdrop of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Yeah, Um, really key. And the cutting off of the Nord Stream oil pipelines uh, and the cutting off of oil supplies in general to Europe uh, has meant that there is now an increased focus. There was a report that came out this morning published by the BBC that said in a worst case scenario that there could be rolling blackouts coming to the UK because of this potential shortage of energy. Yeah, so it is super important that these energy sources are found, but they need to be found in a way that will not destroy the planet very quickly. Mm. Um, you know, people will argue there's a trade-off to be made about the immediacy of needing the energy versus the climate cost to you know these quicker, dirtier methods of getting energy. Yeah, like, um, like
0: fracking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, being news. Yeah. I think the uh, Conservatives put out one of their policies. They, they were committing to net zero by 2050, which I think has long long been a Conservative government manifesto pledge. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe mm-hmm. Labour wanted to bring it forward to 2035. Five, I want to say, I'm not certain, I th- I think that or they want to have right, completely yeah. renewable energy by 2035. Yeah, um, something, something like that. I don't remember the specifics of it, um, but that looks to be one of the next battlefields and election pledge areas. Um, whether that election comes very soon, given the cabinet mutinies that have been going on uh, against the prime minister so quickly into her tenure, or whether they ride it out and it's At the end of the term time, which would be, uh, I believe it would be a December 2024 or January 25 election in that case, um, given that the last one was December 2019. Uh, So whenever that comes around, that will be quite a large issue. Uh, and it will be quite a big issue for the Conservatives as well, because there's a lot of areas where they're falling behind Labour in polling, uh, whether it's through YouGov or Britain, and, Britain yes, Lex yeah. or whether it's uh, Redfield and Wilton. There's a lot they're starting to fall behind in a lot of different areas, even on the economy. Uh, so if they can target uh, Greens, uh, green energy, and green growth, then that's potentially quite a, a good opportunity for them to start gaining some ground back again.
0: Yeah. Like what you said about the um, the blackouts potentially happening across the UK because of lack of energy, people have been calling for a um, calling for windfall taxes on generators mm. uh, to just just keep that energy going. Yeah, so and the really uh, crucial
1: and the boss of Shell, I believe, earlier today came out and said uh, actually asked the government to impose these windfall taxes to raise the money. Yeah, to help try and assuage some of these potential energy crises. And we should stress that, you know, the rolling blackout scenario was a worst case scenario in it this was, report. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it were to come true, I believe it would be three hour rolling blackouts uh either across the across the peak times, which are the morning and the early evening. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, you know, the times when people are getting ready to go out for work or coming back and having their dinner. Yes. Yeah. Um so that would have an enormous impact. And of course, we'd have to mention, you know, we are, you know we're very privileged. We're in a quite a, a a young place with lots of energy, lots of insulation, lots of you know support going on here. There'll be a lot of people who are elderly or vulnerable or disabled, or a combination of all three of those who don't have the same support systems in place that would deeply suffer in those rolling blackouts yeah, and that's why this is so the, important. Can't get the support
0: that is really really needed. Yeah.
1: You know, some some people would be able to go and stay with other relatives in a better insulated home for a, a little while or you know have people bring them cups of tea or have electric blankets, but that is not the reality for everyone. There, there are people who will deeply deeply suffer if it gets to the stage of rolling blackouts.
0: Yeah. On, on, on like the energy point, electric flying ferries are about to take off in Stockholm. Uh, so the Swedish capital's like historically very dirty di- diesel powered ferries be replaced by greener, sleeker fleet that runs on electricity, cutting massive uh, like hour commutes to around 25 minutes, meaning not only is it better for the environment, but it's just so much easier and quicker to get from work
1: and school. Now I confess I didn't actually know about this story, but this this is great. I have a slight personal interest in this. Um, I I've, I've I've taken quite a lot of ferries in my time. Uh, I used to be part of an orchestra that would always get ferries to places because it's we don't trust uh, airlines to be able to look after all of our instruments properly uh, because they are so delicate. You know, yeah, the, the measures they normally take um, for luggage. You, they are, when you've got something mm. delicate, like for me it was a violin but you know, people who've got oboes or harps oh goodness I wouldn't want to take a harp on a plane um, yeah, so we, a we took a lot of ferries so I'm yeah. quite fond of ferries personally I've, I've got a little tradition where I buy a pack of playing cards on every on every ferry that I go on well
0: that's that's nice
1: um, it's just a little thing it's getting quite difficult at this point to find brands that I haven't bought cards <laughs> for at this point um, so I really need the next time I get one I need them to have had a refresh by then but electric ferries are fantastic, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of electrification. Obviously, you know, with the energy crisis, electric uh, fuel costs have actually increased to nearly the, the same as uh, unleaded and diesel costs. Yeah. So um,
0: they, they, the the uh, the town council say that it's going to cut operators' fuel bills by about ninety percent. The the ferries, I think there are about 78 of them in total running around Stockholm. They uh, belch out an estimated 8% of the country's total shipping emissions and they'll use 80% less energy and be virtually silent. So even better for for just the general community, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's what you need. You need to be able to invest in these projects that are going to produce these long term benefits so you know it's a, a fantastic initiative I, I hope it works well there will naturally be teething issues so you know yeah it seems only, to be a theme only of this episode
0: seats instead of 300 as the previous ones but it's faster so yeah,
1: you know it, it seems yeah. to be a, a theme of this episode that we're we're talking about the issues that come with massive changes in modernisation, yeah, yeah. and there will be some naturally. There, there Always. have to be for something yeah. a project of that size to, but to get
0: better, just to develop.
1: Exactly, you, you have to be willing to take those, uh, those chances and, and go through all of those issues if you want to uh, deal with you know th- those massive, uh, those massive issues that face you know, places like Stockholm.
0: Yeah. More on, I mean, it's, it's, it's very e- <laughs> environmental, this environmental and energy base. This, um, this episode, but uh, a new law in Wales has backed sustainable farming. It says Wales plough its own furrow with agricultural reforms designed to battle climate change by paying farmers for protecting nature. It's like, it's air quote, historic agricultural bill, which has been in making since the 2016 Brexit vote, so they've had a while to mull over it now but um yeah it's under review with defra it looks very promising it's it's gonna it's gonna massively change the environment the environment around wales with like all the sheep and uh, like agriculture and livestock for the better making sure that it it, that wales (laughs) if any is just the one place that is actually still green because it's beautiful there all the mountains it just needs to be preserved and kept that way. So I think, I, I hope, I hope this is what that bill is going to do.
1: Yeah. And you know, again, we're, we're back on, on the climate change topic, but it is, it's such an important issue. Yeah. Uh, Wales has historically been a, an agricultural site. Um, an agricultural site sounds a little bit harsh, but it, it's been very, very strong in its farming and agricultural yes, ties. Yes. Um, it. And, you know, it, it's really important that, that those are... Uh, Really brought out, especially uh, in the with brexit having happened, it's important that all four nations of the United Kingdom are able to contribute to you know. The homegrown products and resources, and you know, and all of that. So I've just been distracted because I do actually have some breaking news oh, that's just appeared on the Dukebox Twitter account at Wally Dukebox. Go, on, go um, on, because I've just found out by a tweet from Daniel Santford at BBC Daniel S, who is the Home Affairs correspondent for BBC News. Gotcha. Uh, And I'll quote this. uh, Prince Harry, Sir Elton John, David Furnish, Elizabeth Hurley, Sadie Frost and Baroness Doreen Lawrence have launched legal action against associated newspapers, publishers of the Daily Mail, the Mail on Sunday and the Mail Online. Uh, Hamlin's LLP, who I believe uh, just from the context of this are the lawyers who are bringing this action on behalf of the clients, have said these individuals have become aware of compelling and highly distressing evidence that they have been the victims of abhorrent criminal activity and gross breaches of privacy by associated newspapers. And it goes on to list other things. Uh, the Daily Mail has been approached the comment but has not responded so far to Daniel Sanford. Um, this is... Potentially, quite a big issue for them. Yeah, um, Associated
0: Newspapers, like very big firm, offers much of the opinion around the UK.
1: Yeah, a massive, massively important. You mm. know, the Daily Mail has the largest newspaper share of any newspaper, and and it cannot be overstated how large the Mail Online's influence is. Yes, it's absolutely enormous, um, and you know, incredibly, incredibly influential. Um, I bet you didn't expect to be giving some snap analysis when you came on today. yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the list of clients here, you know, the headliners are Prince Harry and Sir Elton John. but David Furnish, Elizabeth Hurley, Sadie Frost, Baroness Doreen Lawrence. they are very, very big figures For yeah. this to be brought forward is huge. Um, Prince Harry, in particular is interesting that it that he's involved in this because of his history with his mother, Lady Diana, the late Princess of Wales. Yes. Um, and her contentious history with the media. Yeah. And what Prince Harry has had to say about that. Yeah, which eventually uh, led to her... Yeah. Well, yes, which he claims led to, her, passing, uh, to yeah. her being, I think, to use his words, chased to her death. Yes. Um, yeah. Although I'm not sure that anything was ever legally proven on that mm. basis. Um, but yes, that... Prince Harry's involvement in that raises my interest.
0: Cuz also like with Meghan Markle as well, uh them moving to the US, withdrawing themselves from the royal mm. family because of just being constantly hounded by the media.
1: Yes, and that was the the subject of his interviews with uh, of their interviews with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Um which were in, an enormous Very event public. when they came out. Yeah. Um so yeah, that is fascinating to me. Uh I'll be really really interested to see what comes of that. But sadly, we don't really have any more information on that at the moment. So that is where we will have to leave it for the time being. Yeah. Uh, But if you do want to find out, there are a few more tweets in that thread from Daniel Sanford. That's at BBC Daniel S on Twitter, who is the Home Affairs correspondent for BBC News. And Reuters have a a special going on at the moment. Reuters. Have they started the live commentary of it? Yes, they have. Right. So, yeah. And that tells you how big it is. Reuters are a hugely respected international news organisation. The only one who are really on a par with them are the Associated Press in the US. They are the two big... Sort of western at least news organisations yeah. for and, and reuters the French one as well yeah and for reuters to deal with that considering it's a uk issue you know reuters and associated press generally deal with us issues more than anything else That's or, true. for yes. reuters case also european but mm. this is clearly a big deal if reuters have started going to live commentary on this Definitely so agree. stay tuned yeah. to that i suppose
0: yeah also in legal news of 4 minutes ago uh, <laughs> on, on reuters uh, u.s judges has temporarily blocked parts of New York's new gun law um so a federal judge in New York today um blocked parts of the state's new gun law to allow the gun owners of America an advocacy br- group to pursue uh, to pursue a lawsuit challenging the legislation and so this law mentioned came into effect on September the 1st creating new requirements for obtaining a license this from speaking from a personal opinion this for me isn't such a great thing because it means uh more lax gun 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 licensing rules which could possibly lead to more deaths with guns well, yes i
1: mean it's it's interesting watching all of these cases unfold from as they say this side of the pond yeah um Good one. because the uk has historically had incredible very strict rules about gun licensing. Yes. I don't think they're quite the strictest in the world anymore. I believe Japan actually has remarkably strict gun control laws, um, which I believe came in as part of the efforts to clamp down on uh, on Mafia and Yakuza activities. Um, mm. But US gun laws have been an issue for so, so long now, and they are deeply tied in to the political landscape of the country. Um, the gun lobbying groups tie themselves very closely, or are tied very closely, uh, to the Republican Party and to uh, figures on that side of the political spectrum. Uh, They quite often have super PACs, which are uh, lobbying and donation organisations that can fund campaigns for candidates. Um, And of course, because for for the gun companies themselves, there's a great deal of money in this. And you know, we should also business. yeah, and we should also stress that, uh, that that gun companies, some of them at least, I, I I couldn't speak to which ones do and which ones don't, but they do have an interest in keeping gun use safe.
0: Yeah, because it's it's in their interests.
1: It is, yeah, because if it if it does get dangerous, then it will get to, law will, will get pulled. But yeah. the issue is that some people think it already is dangerous, and it should already have been pulled. And that's more of a, a democratic viewpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah in terms of the, the US political system uh, but uh, i've actually you know i actually wrote a piece about um a piece of music about the second amendment conflict in the US um because i believe that i would have been writing that just after the sandy hook massacre um which has become infamous in the US because of the the fallout that happened with alex jones of infowars um, who repeatedly claimed that it was uh, done by uh, and i believe it's been proven in law uh, falsely claimed that uh, the people involved in that were actors and that no event actually happened um it's a hugely contentious issue over there and it's quite easy from from our standpoint to, to sit here and talk about what should and shouldn't be done because we are used to a society that doesn't That doesn't have legal guns in it, anyway. Yeah, you know, it's it's only just becoming a thing that we're we're used to seeing armed police around, let alone seeing anyone with guns around in general. Yeah, Um, I don't believe, I don't know if New York has open carry laws. I think it might do, but I'm not certain. Um, The other issue, of course, is the U.S. Constitution, um, because the Second Amendment does enshrine the right to bear arms, as it's. Uh, listed in the constitution, and then there's legal arguments about you know, whether that means that should be on a military or a personal yeah. or a uh, patriotic level. No. Cause, Cause, because it feels like the, con-
0: the American Constitution is it's it's rooted in their own history that, like the the right to carry firearms. Yeah.
1: But that history is now what 350 years old. It's now irrelevant. Back,
0: it, back it's, then, it, well, it, it's, yeah, it's not entirely irre- irrelevant, but it's just we've moved on from that kind of gun gun carrying culture because we've become so much more we've we've globalized, we've advanced in so many more ways. Um we've got like proper policing systems, proper governance systems. Everything's it it's it's an old law, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and and, and there will be people who hold that opinion. I wouldn't want to speak to it as someone who's never actually been to America. So I I, I couldn't possibly <laughs> begin to you know, go into all of that. but it's you know it is fascinating to watch all of that happening uh, and to see what keeps happening because this is something that keeps going, it gets batted back and forth between all the different courts. Um, there's a real yeah. interest from uh, from right leaning figures now to get gun law cases taken up to the Supreme Court yeah. because they hold a conservative majority up there at the moment and I suspect probably will for a little while.
0: Yeah, with, with Joe Biden. Yeah,
1: yeah, because there, there aren't any figures that are, are stepping mm. down. Um, so what that brings next will be, you know, will be very interesting to watch. But that you said that was... Four minutes ago when we started talking about it? Uh, thirteen minutes ago. Thirteen minutes ago. We have, we have, I do talk quite a lot, so <laughs> Yes. Um but yeah, it'll it'll be I'll be really interested to see what comes of that next.
0: Same, same. Uh it's slightly uh <laughs> I, I laughed I laughed as I uh told you. Um Fat Bear Week in Alaska. The race is on to find Alaska's bulkiest bear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh alaska what do you like um
0: the the toronto bbc news um nadine you see said and for humans staying warm in the winter often means swapping out flimsy tank tops for thick parkas for alaskan bears it means eating a jaw-dropping 500 pounds or 225 kilos of fresh salmon and they're the focal they're, they're the focal point of fat bear week and it's a Quote highly anticipated online bracket that pits the portly mammals at Alaska's Katmai National Park. What
1: did you say? Was it two hundred kilograms of salmon? <laughs> two hundred twenty-five kilos of fresh salmon. I mean, honestly, I feel like I could eat that much of the of the roast honey gammon that we get here because that's so nice. <laughs> I, really oh, good. I'm such a fan of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of food to eat. That uh, I more power to them, I guess you know you've you've got to find your. You've gotta find the things that make you happy in, in this world. Yeah. It it's so easy. There's so much the news is it it becomes interesting when there's things to be offended at, or appalled at, or horrified by, or disgusted by, or disappointed in, you know. Yeah. That is that is what sells in the media. You know, as it's, someone it's who's the business. studied the media. It's the business. Yeah. So it, it it is so important that can so easily overtake you, you know, and mm. with everything that's going on, you've got to find the things that make you happy. So if you're excited about a, a load of portly bears going up in an online competition, great. Go yeah. Ahead. I want to know. I, yeah. I'll, I'll take part in that. That's great. Uh, you can watch that. Fa- you can watch your
0: favorite bears via a live stream at explore.org slash live cam slash brown bears. Mm. And, um, and so the the competition is stiff this year, apparently, Otis, a large adult bear with the record for most fat bear week, wins at four, is back to defend his title. He wants eight forty two salmon in one sitting, and his fishing skills are patient and hard to beat. But bear seven four seven, winner of the fat bear week twenty twenty might get might give Otis a run for his money. He's one of the largest bears on Earth, weighing as much as this is absolutely mad one thousand four hundred pounds, six hundred and thirty five kilos. And then most bears know they can't compete with him. That
1: is a chunky bear, I've got to say. Yeah,
0: in in the bear business, that is, yeah, that is, that is portly, absolutely
1: yeah. enormous.
0: So voting is open until the eleventh of October. You can vote online. Go on.
1: Who are you? Are you backing Otis or Seven Four Seven then?
0: Oh, I don't know. Looking at just a picture of here. Bear 747 looks extremely chunky.
1: Oh God, if you're backing 747, I'll back Otis then and we'll see how we do next week.
0: All right. Yeah, that that challenged. Yeah, you're challenged. Anyway, so moving on. Elon Musk has made a surprise U-turn to buy Twitter. He says he's going to go forwards with it. Um, for a fifty point dollars point two dollar share in
1: April. And I believe this is at the same price as the initial takeover bid was announced. It was, yeah. Um, No. It's, it seems to be the week of the U-turn. Um, yeah. And this is a, a huge one because Elon Musk... I'll confess, when it first happened, I thought that this was just more Elon Musk being Elon Musk and... Mm. Doing, uh, doing things to get attention on Twitter, um, and potentially try and because uh, he's, it's he's to th- try and drive his stock price. Yeah, yeah as he's infamous for changing stock
0: yeah. prices like on bit uh, on like Bitcoin, Dogecoin with like one tweet looking at the correlation between graphs and then the effects it has with like, with that tweet. It's massive. He's he's definitely a termed social media influencer. Whatever he says. Mm it happens uh i think him trying to back out was a, a an interesting play seeing as like he was pretty like he he had his foot in the door
1: yeah and and that's why i thought it was some it was stock price related at first to try and drive a stock price in a direction yeah um mm. which one it would have been i don't know i i do not know enough about investing i am not smart enough to be able to work out which way that would have all played out but now that he's come back into it, that's really interesting. Obviously, Twitter was uh, was trying to sue Elon Musk at one point uh, to hold him to the deal that he was trying to make originally. Yes. Um, after he backed out, and that lawsuit, I don't believe, has gone through or even started yet. But it's interesting that Elon Musk has still turned around and said, "Actually, no, I will honor that deal." Uh, this all also comes against a backdrop of. Conversations being leaked between him and Twitter founder Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Um who who was subpooned, for a um for that court case. Mm. And I believe some of the documents that have come out uh relate to Jack Dorsey trying to basically smooth over relations between Elon Musk and the current Twitter CEO whose name escapes me at the moment. Um they had quite a large falling out, apparently. Yes, yeah. Um, a very public one as well. Mm. So and Jack Dorsey was acting as a, an intermediary between the two parties. Yeah. Uh, so potentially that's worked. Of course, what's really interesting about this takeover bid is that at the end of the the tweet that Elon Musk announced it with, as he announces everything with a tweet, mm. is he mentioned X? Yes, X is going to come
0: on to that. So George, George going to give a bit of background about what x like the foundations for the x app is
1: well so we don't know much about x at the moment all we know is i think it's four words at the end of an elon musk tweet um which i'm now going to try and pull up to uh, to check that i get this absolutely right um because i i do want to try and quote it Posting, directly if yeah. i can um elon musk who's now got 108 million followers on twitter that's a lot yeah um he does also tweet quite a lot so i don't know how much scroll i'm going to have to do Starlink. Here we go. So the tweet tweet from Elon Musk on the fourth of October, buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app. Now Elon Musk has his fingers in a lot of pies already. He mm-hmm. does Tesla. He does SpaceX. He may be doing Twitter Starlink if this goes as well. through Starlink. That goes through. Uh, there's a lot of things that he's involved in. This feels like something else entirely. It yes. feels like he could be trying to use the Twitter framework to set up what is you know what people are interpreting based on his terminology the everything app to be a western equivalent to wechat which okay, for those of you who don't like, know yeah. is massively influential in china uh, yeah. because of their huge population
0: it covers like it, it like it's like your standard whatsapp paypal um deliveroo so, d- yeah it, deliveroo, a, a ride uh hailing app car sharing app uh scooters it, it's basically the, the the they market it as the one app that you need mm. for everything and yeah i think it's it's incredibly plausible that elon musk is trying to do something like this in the west
1: elon musk is one of the few people who would try and do something like De- this in the west definitely no i completely no, he has such huge ideas a person i don't think he is able to follow through with many of them because of the scale of the things he tries to do yeah but i definitely don't put it past him to try this and if he does manage to get anywhere near a level of success it will be enormously popular because people do forget just how influential elon musk is yeah you know if if he tweets something a lot of people pay attention to it and expect, if he like, tweets, this that, is Dogecoin. yeah. And if he tweets, I've made an app for everything. People will go. Oh well, I want to find out about this, and the media mm. will cover it. People will go, oh, okay. Well, now it, now it's serious. Let's go and have a look at this. It's if it comes to fruition, it will be an unexplainably huge disruptor in the current standings for well, who knows how much? You know, yeah. what does everything cover? Is it like?
0: Because, like, I know in general daily use, we use the term to Google. Like, it's G- Google Maps is now more searched on every single search engine in the world than just Maps. It's become like a a synonym with Google. And it's, something. it's funny you bring yeah.
1: that up in particular because the uh, ex- the founder of Google has just released their new search engine.
0: I downloaded it today. Um, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, um, it's quite good.
1: Um, but the whole point being that it's designed to block uh, trackers and aid privacy and even cut out Google. adverts. Yeah. Um, even he's admitted, you know, we don't stand a chance against Google because it's so big, it's ubiquitous, it's synonymous now. Yeah,
0: like to quote him, you're never going to hear the term to Bing or to duck, duck, Go yeah. ever used in daily It's just, to Google, it's just a thing.
1: And I think it's an incredibly smart piece of branding by Elon Musk to call it X. It's y- so short... It's so simple, you know. And it could be anything. You, you'll you think of it when you put a kiss at the end of a message. Yeah. yeah. That that level of branding and product placement is impossible to quantify how smart that is. Because that, again, all of this relies on it coming through and it working.
0: It, it, it entirely does. Because it's like, it's like X, the unknown, what's it going to be? A massive I I predict massive media coverage, uh, predictions, Elon Musk, wherever he goes, that's going to be in
1: X. Yeah, it, it's got the potential to be enormous that, but of course we won't know how big it is until much further down the line. Yeah, And this is all depending, of course, on him finally going through with that Twitter deal.
0: Yeah, because he, he he did say that it was, like, in his tweet, buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X everything app. It it's it's like it's he's he is admitting it's not going to be immediate. It's but it's going to speed up the process, and he's probably going to use like basically what Twitter does to like just make it bigger. Mm. Um, but like especially with his uh, aims to try and make free speech more like yeah, is free speech easier on Twitter like cut down on a of the bots, number of bots on Twitter. So it becomes a more open platform. But then if you cut, if you like limit free speech, if you limit fake speech, so you get free speech, is it really still free speech because it's been limited? What do you think about that? Well,
1: f- free speech, is a, uh, it feels strange to say that free speech is a contentious issue. Yeah. Um, that's of course, free speech is enshrined in the constitution uh, in America, mm. uh, but of course, it. What is also enshrined in the constitution through free speech is the right to be offended by something and the right to respond to something. Yeah, um, it's not freedom from consequences; it's just freedom to. It's freedom to speak, not freedom to be absolved. Um, so there's. There's Interesting things. In fact, I've just picked up a, a book uh, called Essential Media Law, uh, which I've wanted to pick up for a few members of Dukebox uh, because it's, it's really interesting. And it, it mentions there in the UK, actually, there is no free speech. Your speech is only protected if you follow the legal requirements for it. It's a yeah. very different. Framework to the U.S. Constitution, as it was with gun laws.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially like going back to Elon Musk and Twitter with his his tweets about Ukraine, and like saying he's a big fan of Ukraine but not of World War Three. Like, just the, the Kiev Post three hours ago said, "Just stop, Elon. It's okay. It's okay to admit that you overdid it. Just stop." Yeah.
1: And Elon, of, of course, Elon Musk has been in lots of trouble on Twitter for various different reasons. Whether it's using Twitter to try and control the uh, stock price yeah. for for tesla or for spacex or whether it was i don't know if you remember the uh, the incident of the chilli cave di- i think it was a, a chilean cave divers um elon musk got in a lot of trouble for saying something um potentially quite harmful about one of the people who wanted to go and rescue them uh, Use oh, the word the- that we can't repeat on air um
0: oh the um when the the group of footballers got stuck in the cage it
1: was something like that i've I'm going to try and pull the book from behind me because it's mentioned in the book ah yes um if weapon. i can if I can find it, I've got to find it fairly quickly now because I've put pressure on myself <laughs> I've be told uh, it's a
0: very good book yeah it covers it's lots uh, it's, of, it's fantastic lots of yeah. relevant
1: stuff um yeah. if I go and have a look over here it's i think it's somewhere probably in that bit there. Um, I'm just looking. It's it'll be pretty easy to spot when I get there. I think. Uh, that's about creative radio promos. That's about liking Facebook posts. Um, that's about trade unions. Um, very very very
0: varied um subjects.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's all covered in the uh, in the context of libel and defamation. Um, yes. And that is, I, I, I do think it's around here somewhere, but I, I cannot find it off the top of my head. So I will, um, yeah, if if you, well, oh, preferably don't go and search it because it is quite potentially defamatory the things that were said there. Yes, um, advisory warning there. Yes, uh, but no. So th- this is, again, part of the context behind Elon Musk's attempts to take over Twitter. As someone who has, been affected by, you know, the the clampdown on the consequences of free speech. Mm. Um, I think it probably does affect his opinions on on having Twitter be more of a, an open forum for free speech.
0: Yeah, because like more Elon Musk tweets, Twitter is chock full of Elon Musk. Is Ashley Vance? At Ashley Vance, twenty hours ago, said it's surprising to me that Elon Musk doesn't flex his unique ability to have a rocket hover over someone's house more during negotiations, and he replied back and said that wouldn't be
1: hard to do. <laughs> do you think this? It's a re- very Elon Musk response, isn't it? It
0: really, really is with all his with all his connections, and yeah. Another thing. That I, I, I I'm very passionate about I, I deeply enjoy and all my friends at my last school did is um, the National Cypher Challenge, which is run by the University of Southampton. They do it every year. Uh, it's always different ciphers um, if you're giving if you're giving giving it a go, it's at cipherchallenge.org and it went live today at three and it stays open for another six days before so there are two parts to it before the second part comes out and I think there are about nine parts and the winner gets to uh, go to Bletchley Park I think but it's, it's just really fun to have a go yeah, and, and are Bletchley varied. Park
1: is a fascinating place uh, you know home of Alan Turing and the um, uh, and the, the code breakers of World War II uh, ciphers are so so fascinating um, and I think that it's a really interesting thing to try actually coding is particularly a, a really useful skill going forwards. Uh, we've talked in this show already about the ongoing digitalization uh, of the world. And coding is such a huge thing. You, you see a lot of people retraining as IT software developers and, and the yeah. like. Um, having that framework that is provided by the National Cypher Challenge is actually really useful Um as a, as a sort of a framework to help people learn what's going on and and how to get into something like, that. and it's just an opportunity to find new things to try and get involved with.
0: It really is, yeah. it's It's a great it's a great like bounce pad, uh, off to like different career options, like you're talking about. Um, <laughs> funny to say that there was there was a news article a couple of months ago ago I think about uh, this this company that would essentially steal. Um, Steal employees retrain them up in uh relevant computer science topics and and then send them out to like google ibm and so just it's just a new generation really and i think that's something that's really crucial i think everyone should study that um just so people even if they don't they're not like deeply interested in it they still get some context to how it works
1: so um I, i I slightly tuned out there because I've just seen some of the um the allegations that have gone out from that uh, court case we were talking about having just been filed and I just want to check uh whether I can actually say what I'm seeing here because what I'm seeing is frankly shocking um so I'm I actually I've just pulled my essential media law book back out again just to check that I can definitely say what it is I'm about to say, uh,
0: yeah. You're telling me earlier it's it's with with law it de- it entirely depends on like what kind of what kind of court case it is mm. and
1: like influences. Well, this jury, this will be. Um, it. I I, I do need to check that I've, I'm actually able to say what I want to say uh, before yeah. I say anything at all here, um, because yeah, otherwise we are in rocky territory Mm. um so i just want to flick through there we go there's the reporting courts section um because i know there's a nice checklist of of things that i can uh, that i can say um because i this doesn't normally happen we don't normally have court cases break while we're on air um obviously yes. this, is, this is just papers being filed in the high court it is yeah um uh these details i've now seen from uh omid Scobie, who is the executive editor on royals for the new york times uh obviously okay. reporting yeah. on this because of the prince harry connection yes. um so i'm going to read out uh what's listed here um and this is uh, the quote in the tweet, and there's a picture attached to the tweet as well, which I'll explain in a moment. The quote on the tweet uh, says that the individuals uh, who were Prince Harry and uh, Sir Elton John and uh, four other figures as Practice, well yeah. um, reveal the individuals all claim to have been the victims of, and omit quotes here, abhorrent criminal activity and gross breaches of privacy, unquote, by the tabloid publisher. Is this on Twitter? This is on Twitter as well. This is at SCOBIE, that's S-C-O-B-I-E. But the tweet also includes pictures, uh, and the pictures are, te- it looks like notes text of, uh, of what's, what some of these charges are. Um, and this is the list of acts alleged, uh, and it is pretty bad, I've got to say. Um mm-hmm. these are alleged acts uh, Th- that, that are being reported that reports. are being reported by the New York Times and the BBC. Okay. Um it is the hiring of private investigators to secretly place listening devices inside people's cars and homes. It is the commissioning of individuals to surreptitiously listen in, into and record people's lives, private telephone calls while they were taking place. This we've heard before with the telephone hacking scandal uh, from the end of the noughties with the News of the World, the old newspaper which ended up going under because of some of these uh, tampering, hacking, tapping allegations. But it then goes on to be stronger than that. Uh, It then says, The payment of police officials with corrupt links to private investigators for inside sensitive information the impersonation of individuals to obtain medical information from private hospitals, clinics and treatment centres by deception, and finally the accessing of bank accounts, credit histories and financial transactions through illicit means and manipulation. The tweet, the thread, then goes on to say, the alleged crimes listed, quote unquote, and this is Omid quoting here, represent the tip of the iceberg and that many other innocent people remain unknowing victims.
0: Those are some really serious allegations.
1: They there. really are. That is that, huge. That is, and that, that is, I suspect, is why Reuters mm. are now covering it as a breaking yes. story. Yeah. So that's now. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to go and check uh, on the BBC website to see if they're covering it breaking as well. Um, they are not yet. They've they've not uh, got a live chat on that at the moment that's just being covered by their home affairs correspondent on twitter um so that is enormous um th- w- what comes of that this will take a long long time to digest so i don't think we can really offer any commentary on it at the moment because we don't really know anything more than what's been said there but yeah i dare say it will be on the front page of a couple of newspapers tomorrow and I dare say a lot more details are going to get leaked out about this.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah. The uh, Reuters have vaguely updated their page, uh, including the uh, so Prince Harry, Elton John, and others accused Daily Mail of phone tapping. Uh, law firm. So yeah, yeah. We'll watch this space. We will. Yeah, uh, Ukraine. The war is still, it's still continuing. Uh Liberated Town shows human cost of Russia defeat. It's like the constant BBC live reporting mm. thing. Uh Ukraine's made multiple claims of recapturing
1: territory from Russian forces in recent weeks. Do you think like they're, they're biting back? It it appears to be that way. Uh there is historical precedent for this though. This is exactly the same as well it's not exactly the same, but it's similar to Leningrad. Um the uh, when marches were made on Soviet territory. Uh, I forget the dates because I'm rubbish at history. Um, but uh, an attempt was made to invade Russia actually, um, in the in the winter time, and the forces who attacked them didn't have enough to uh, uh, to sustain them through the push, and in the end they they lost quite miserably. Um, I think actually the opposite is happening here. I think now Russia are the aggressors, they're attacking. I don't think they've learned the lessons of history
0: there is a picture uh i like get embedded into the embedded into the article uh with a with a russian a russian tank with the um is it the v oh the uh the z the, the uh yes the i believe
1: that's the symbol of the uh the vehicles which have been come accommodated by the russian army to serve as military vehicles
0: yeah uh so yeah it's it's a it's a tank and they're flying the ukrainian flag on it now Uh, The Russian army left behind tanks when they retreated and the BBC special um, reporter uh, says she discovered uh, deserted, debris-strewn streets filled with burnt-out buildings. So that's the Russians.
1: Yeah. And there have been more strikes that Ukraine, say, have targeted civilians earlier today. Yeah. Uh, So it's... Yeah, it's... The war will continue to be bloody, sadly.
0: Yeah. So... Russian President Vladimir Putin said that he expected the situation to stabilise in in Ukrainian regions claimed by Moscow, Um, but missiles have hit residential buildings uh, earlier this morning in the southern Ukrainian city of Zaporizhia, the capital of a region illegally annexed by Russia in those recent votes we talked about last episode.
1: Mm. Yeah, and indeed those votes went largely as predicted. I think the re- the margins were something like ninety nine percent, ninety six percent, and eighty nine percent. Yeah, unheard um, of British politics. Yes, it was. Um, and it's met with widespread skepticism, uh, by yeah, by European nations, by NATO nations, by the U.S. Uh, it's it's regarded as a a sham election,
0: it, and it. It's probably with 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 Russia's track history. It's most likely to have been not entirely, yeah, Yeah, not entirely
1: with their failing to uh, allow independent verification in to monitor the elections. Yes, it it is. It is rather assuming that there is, um, there is some nefarious play going on here. Yeah. That's 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 all I have on my end.
0: I, I believe you have your special topic. I do. Like to I've, I've got a special topic. Awesome. Um
1: My special topic, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a huge sports fan. Um, what, kind of, what kind of stuff are you interested in? I love in? everything, frankly. I love anything <laughs> that I can get my hands on. Um, I'm a Manchester United fan, which has been dreadful for the past couple of years, over well, the past five years or ten years or however long it's been now. Um, <laughs> I'm a tennis player personally, so I love Amazing. following that. Um, but one of the things that I watch quite a lot, and I, I used to watch quite a lot with my dad, was the Formula One. Um, yes, yeah. I'm a big, big fan of it. It's a little dull at times, but it's really good fun to watch. And it's actually more interesting once you get into it and you find the behind-the-scenes drama, such as this article, which has appeared earlier today. Um, earlier today, the FIA, the Fédération Internationale de sport uh, was <laughs> due to publicise inquiries into the budget cap for the 2021 race season. Now, this is important because it's alleged that the title winners, Red Bull or Oracle Red Bull Racing, um, went over the budget cap. So
0: is there a budget cap? There is a budget cap. You're allowed to spend a certain amount of
1: money on parts. Okay. Um, There are certain parts which are standardised and every team has to use exactly the same ones. And then you're allowed to spend a certain amount of money On development of cars and on wind tunnel testing, and on simulations and lots and lots of other things that go into the making of a Formula One car. Um, In in previous seasons, I believe there's been one team that went something like three hundred forty thousand dollars over the budget cap. Gosh, it's quite a big. It's a huge. It's an enormous cap. it has been alleged by various teams over the last couple of days that red bull exceeded this and it's important because last because that season went down to the very last race of the season and Max Verstappen that won it on the final lap and for red bull wasn't that
0: race i forgive me if i'm wrong wasn't that race really contested because of a pit a, yes a pit. it was
1: so it was contested because red of calf, a man. um it was contested because of several calls that were made by the race directors um which have since been regarded in various different ways. It's caused quite a lot of division, actually, amongst the F1 community. And this has caused even more division because the FIA was due to report on the budget cap situation today. This is the third time they've been due to report on it. They were due to report on it at the end of September. They delayed that. They were due to report on it on the 3rd of October. They delayed that. They were due to report on it today, and they've delayed that again.
0: I see. Okay. So, so it's
1: now not being reported that anything's going to happen until Monday, which I believe is the 10th. And this is now getting into quite a large area of of really not just ethics but visibility. Okay. Know, the FIA is now under quite a lot of fire at this point. Uh, Mercedes who are the people who stand to win the championship if Red Bull have anything done. Are obviously pushing this quite hard because they can win a championship out of (laughs) this but it is broader than that because this goes into a lot of series of different things that have happened recently in 2019 they settled privately with ferrari over an engine issue which was not illegal but was against the spirit of the law it is now assumed um there's previously okay. been issues uh, with regards to an incident called Spygate, where an engineer bet- went between teams and shared documents. Ooh. That has that still has ripple effects at the moment. It's caused bad blood between team bosses and between team workers, and th- there are people online who suggest, uh, whether correctly or not, that the FA instructed teams to do various things in order to make it up essentially um, just like for the show yes that, that is the allegation okay. and I should stress it's an allegation um, which the FIA strenuously denies um, so just, just a bit of background yes the FIA is the, they are the governing, governing body. body of Formula One
0: and is there like an ombudsman that
1: controls racing well that's the thing this uh, this budget cap hasn't really come up as an issue before Okay. Um, This is new territory. This is new. Yes, this is new territory, and what they decide from this is incredibly important because if this budget cap uh, exceed exceedation or whatever the correct word is, this Mm. um uh, the amount that Red Bull are speculated to have exceeded the cap by is significantly more than the last time there was a budget cap, which was like the three hundred something thousand. Yeah, which was the $350,000, um, which Lewis Hamilton has come out and said, you know, if we'd spent an extra $340,000 last season, we would have won the championship. Yeah. And in fairness to them, Mercedes were extremely dominant after a particular upgrade. If they'd been able to bring it a race earlier, they would have won the championship hands down. Um, so right. there's, that claim is not without merit. So what the FIA do now, first of all, it depends on whether Red Bull have exceeded the budget cap. If they have, it then comes down to what decision they're going to make. The FIA, I think, will be extremely reluctant to do anything that changes the result of a championship that has been decided on the track. Yeah. But if they don't do that, their budget cap rules are going to be made a mockery of. Because otherwise, what's the point? No. you might as well just do what you want by then. If you're just going to get fined, if you've got the money to burn, why not exceed the budget cap? If you're going to get them. fine points, that it's going to cost going someone a, a championship. Yeah.
0: So in regards to this, if, say, for instance, the FIA did decide to penalise Red Bull for exceeding the budget cap you talk about, would, would that have past impact or future impact in terms of potentially like... Um, Disqualifying them from well, the they could last do that. That's an
1: option. It's it's within
0: their their purview. Um, or like future going forwards, uh, starting at the
1: bottom of the pack or- again. That's an option. They could be you know if they were found to do this. That's the thing because this is so new. Anything could happen here. Yeah. They could be docked points, they could be not docked points. They could have their championship revoked, they could be disqualified from that season's tournament. Uh, they could be disqualified from future seasons or from this season. I think that would be extremely unlikely, but it is technically a possibility. Because whatever they ground, do there's not there's no set rules. Someone is going to be upset at the end of this. Always is. This? So, yeah, they always are, especially in elite sporting competition. Mm. The question is who's going to be upset? when are they going to be upset and is everyone else going to be upset that we had to wait so long to find out Yeah.
0: well that was that was a, a really really detailed and very professional insight into like, what you're interested in yeah that was was really good
1: I, I can like I said I can talk a lot
0: <laughs> yes and indeed you can and that does come to the end of our session today thank you for listening to The World This Week if you're interested in coming on the show or you or you want to be a guest or you want to ask any
1: questions to anyone we might have coming on in the future, you can contact You can contact us on Twitter at WellyDukeBox. You can contact us on uh, via email. Uh, that's Dukebox at wellingtoncollege.org.uk. That's Dukebox D-U-K-E-B-O-X at wellingtoncollege.org.uk. Amazing.
0: Thank you, sir. I've been Leo. You've been Mr. Ferguson. Awesome. That's the world this week.